Thanks, Disturbed. You fucker, get up! Come on, get down with the Matrix! <laughs> Alright. You don't... mother, get up! Come on, get down with the Matrix! <laughs> Two intro songs for the price of one. We've Red pill is the gift that has been given to me! <laughs> hey, Greg! Are you done? <laughs> I'm pretty done. Okay. I'm pretty done. Alright. Greg, Hi, I've, got some, I've got some bad news. What's, what's the news? Well, you know that seltzer we never mentioned? Mm-hmm. Well, the gas station by my house was all out. Uh-oh. And producer of the show, Vanessa, drank the ones I had in the fridge. Oh, no. You're, what are you drinking, then? A lesser, a lesser seltzer that I would also not say their name unless I got paid. Mm. Looks pretty lesser to me. It is lesser. Lesser calories. <laughs> Shut up. Look what I got. It's in, a, it's in a koozie. You can't read the label. Tango Charlie. I don't need to read the label to know what that is. What are we doing today, Denny? Well, Greg, I made the mistake of saying I would watch the entire Matrix franchise in one day if enough people gave to charity. And I didn't really think I was going to have time to do that and do three more movies <laughs> for our show. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I pitched to you that we do our first ever four-movie episode and do the entire Matrix franchise, including the Animatrix, but not the Matrix 4, because it's not out yet, and that's a good thing, because it would have been hard to coordinate around a movie start time, because these are long. Very long movies. Yeah, man, it's... If if you're already like, man, a two-hour podcast, <laughs> strap in for the four-movie version, but hey... It's for charity, baby. It's for charity, and I will say, I actually have a lot less to say about this entire franchise than I do about a random monkey movie or something like that. I, uh, I'm honestly worried about stretching it, but if we give if we give the people a shorter episode, yeah, I think it'll probably be welcomed because we've really been rambling on these past couple weeks. <laughs> so yeah, this is normally where we would say who picked what movie, but I guess you picked all the movies. No, the people picked the movies when they gave to Denton County Friends of the Family. Friends of the show. Friends of the show <laughs> given to Friends of the Family. You love to see it. It's the best thing that could ever happen. Um, if you want to hear the Matrix Disturbed parody again, make sure to tweet us about it. And yep. we'll put it in future episodes too. <laughs> Someone put it over music and we'll definitely... Uh, <laughs> We'll give you credit when we post it for free. I'm going to give him a nice, clean... Ooh-wachowski! (laughs) (laughs) 
Stick that in your audio and edit it. God, you're on a roll tonight, man. Killing it! Killing it! All right. Uh, Movie one, you want to start with... We'll do the trilogy first, and then the Animatrix last. Ooh. I did the... That's not the order I watched them in. Okay. But we can do whatever. Yeah, because I know you, uh, you, you guys had a certain idea for doing the animatrix second we can do it that way if you well want there's to. there's some like prequels to the other matrix movies in the animatrix it gives some backstory on some characters matrices um, please to, sorry the matrices we don't want another monkey gate on our hands that's right <laughs> we, this show's already lived through one scandal we've only been around <laughs> for like a month and a half <laughs> please show mercy speaking of showing mercy i want to say right now I don't really know enough about any of these movies to talk about them in the public forum. Um, so uh, show mercy because I didn't like them enough to really dive into the research and the philosophy and all that. Um, I trust that people will tell me all about it in the Facebook comments. I'm mostly going to talk about them as movies, but I do want to acknowledge that the matrix has a very deep fan base that really likes it a lot and really gets into the lore and I will probably not do it justice. Just gonna just gonna rip that band-aid right off. We'll see you next week if that's gonna bother you, or if you just wanna listen and roast me. Hey, I appreciate a good roasting. Yeah, this is all gonna be pretty surface level. Uh new friend of the show, Brandon Harris. Uh Ooh. friend at work. Uh, I told him what the episode was, what we we're gonna be doing, and he got very excited because he loves these movies, and I fielded some questions to him, and I got some answers. So I'm not diving super deep into it, but I'm going to be giving as much as I can based on what he nice. told me, and well, based my, on what we saw. My closest friend who really loves The Matrix is friend of the show Davis Kauk, and. He doesn't listen to our podcast because he hates it because he can't argue with us. So we've already pissed him off too much. And... Like he hates podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Or hates us. One of the two. He certainly hates our podcast. I'll give him that. <laughs> That's right. I would never take that away from him. <laughs> All right. So no matter what, we're starting with the first Matrix, right? That's Yeah, That's you gotta. We're... It's the you gotta. starting spot. You gotta. So... What's the Matrix about, Denny? What's what are, what are the people getting into if they haven't seen this 1999 classic already? Well, we have a super elite hacker in 1999, 1999 <laughs> named Thomas Anderson who hacks his way into finding out that there's this secret society of people called Morpheus and Trinity, and they all use their cool hacker names. Um... He kind of is, you know, a big old chosen one. He's an everyman. He is the one. This really did a lot for chosen one movies. He gets recruited by Morpheus to take a red pill and leave the Matrix. And then he finds out reality's not real. There is no reality. And he's got to fight all these sentient programs and suits to do kung fu at them or something. Um, and basically... Uh, there turns out the machines are all using human bodies as a power source, and uh, the humans are not very happy about that. <laughs> Let me tell you. I feel like I just watched the movie again, man. Yeah, man. I'm. I really did a deep cut right there. Pretty great. Yeah. Like, what's what's your history with the movie, man? Honestly, I don't have much. I uh, I liked it. Uh, it didn't like captivate my imagination like it did a whole lot of people's, but I really liked it. 
you basically couldn't be alive in this time period without like encountering the matrix in some form there were so many it just like rocked pop culture it was everywhere there were parodies there were funny videos um yeah we all saw shrek yeah we all saw shrek (laughs) um that's honestly that's pretty much it i've watched it a couple times i've always thought it was pretty good Uh, honestly probably wouldn't wait in line for it but it's a good movie i just realized i haven't put any of these in my critiker yet i'm gonna have to audible that sorry (laughs) i was thinking about where i would rank it um what's your history greg we'll play it by ear yeah, The Matrix, it's something I didn't I don't think I watched until you know, a few years after it had come out. Uh pretty awesome. Uh the only thing is I I saw the first one. Thought it was pretty great. Didn't really understand it a whole lot, but I was like, man, this action's pretty cool. And yeah, saw the sequel once a decade later. And then I thought I had watched the fir- the third one, but I definitely didn't. Until now. <laughs> well, it was kind of forgettable and a lot like the second one, so there's that too. And we're already roasting movies for later. hey <laughs> But the, the first one, I see why it became an instant classic, though, man. Like, it's oh, yeah. just... It redefined action movies in a lot of ways. It really pushed a lot of sci-fi action into the future, mm-hmm. in a lot of cases for the better. I mean, it like fundamentally changed cinema and like different genres. You know, like it's like for a while you couldn't make a comedy movie without even doing without doing the bullet time thing. Like it had to be in every like parodying the Matrix was everywhere. Um, action was never the same sci-fi was never the same and it's honestly one of the first uh first reality is not what you think it is movies to really hit big with a mainstream audience it's not that it had never been done before it had even been done before with keanu reeves and johnny i can't even say it johnny monomic or something like that johnny tsunami yeah yeah one of the wildest movies ever that seems like a matrix ripoff but horrible um that they somehow got keanu reeves to do and then it turns out it happened before the matrix um (laughs) that was like the real plot twist so um it blew people's minds and i really think it was one of those movies that was at the right place at the right time for culture i to the point that this whole time i was watching it in 2021 i was like man i really feel like i need to transport myself to 1999 to really watch this because i've seen so many things that took the progress the matrix made and improved upon it maybe ironed out some kinks um but this was a truly mind-blowing movie experience for people at the time and that's why i got the following that it did and i was like you know what i don't know that this is a mind-blowing stop the world and see it 2021 movie but you can't really look at it that way either you know you got to look at it in its time definitely not and yeah, just the societal influence that it had. It, like, made people think about these things that maybe they've been introduced to, but it, mm-hmm. like you said, made it a whole lot more accessible. I just, yeah. There's no denying, like, the cool factor of dudes and chicks and trench coats and shades kicking ass and shooting people. Like, it's, yeah. it's a great deal of fun, but, like, <clears throat> I think it's equally fun action paired with equally interesting uh like sci-fi concepts oh yeah but to the point that i can't even imagine 
the 2000s without the Matrix. Like, I can't imagine what that would have looked like in any way. Um, and I'm talking, like, not just cinema, but, like, clothing. You know, like, what people thought was cool. You, you knew Graphic designs. I mean... There were people that wore trench coats to school, man. I'm not joking. Like I don't yeah. think they, I don't think they'd be doing that without the Matrix, and we they had shouldn't a have been doing that because of Columbine. Um, so there were lots of <laughs> lots of it really redeemed trench coats. Um, no, but I mean, like again, I cannot imagine the early 2000s without this movie. I think American culture would have been just like aesthetically entirely different without the Matrix. Yeah, I wonder what it would have taken its place in terms of, like, cultural impact. Because something would have filled that void, and I'm not sure what it would have been. Oh, I know. Insane Clown Posse. Like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we needed the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> 1999 was a weird time, man. Man, we would have had, like, a huge spike of Juggalos if not for this movie. I guess you're right, yeah. Like, like yeah. Like I said, something's got to fill that void, and if it's not this it's uh two dudes talking about magnets or something <laughs> how do they work how do they work fucking matrix how does that work <laughs> oh it's here to tell us how <laughs> man now I'll, all that withstanding i'm gonna take it to another level can you imagine the alternate reality that almost happened where Will Smith did this movie instead of Keanu Reeves, where Will Smith was Neo. Then we would have had Sandra Bullock as Trinity, right? Like, yeah. I I just don't see Will Smith, like... I, I see Keanu Reeves as a pretty, like, cool, charismatic guy, but I, I, I don't see a movie that works where Neo has that much Will Smith-level charisma... Really, Car carrying it i see a movie that works better <laughs> nothing against keanu but like will smith in 1999 the man's untouchable now do you know what he was like then well if he took this he we wouldn't have gotten wild wild west no we would have got it with keanu reeves because he would have been free oh that's right <laughs> he would have done the rap song for the uh for the credits and everything now imagine the matrix with a will smith rap song for the credits well, we got a uh, we got Rage Against the Machine. I feel like that's the next best thing. Yeah, you know, if you can't have Will Smith, you got to have Rage. You got to get Rage. That's right. <laughs> I appreciate them for being so on the nose as to have Rage Against the Machine do a song for this movie. <laughs> it was perfect. I love uh, it. It's really cool. <laughs> oh man, less subtle aspects. Yeah, dude. Let's talk about the movie itself. I guess cultural impact is all very important, but that like. The cultural impact of not only this movie, but the trilogy is pretty well stated, even though a lot of people feel like the last two movies disappointed, like specifically Revolutions. Yeah. I remember uh, my middle school history teacher. So like, we're 13, we're in like eighth grade or whatever. He's just like, yeah. So I went out and saw the third Matrix movie. Pretty big disappointment. <laughs> and like, I hadn't even seen the second one, but I think I took that advice to heart. Yeah. And and just never watched <laughs> the second one or the third one. Probably would have been a good choice, um, or was a good choice. Thanks, Mister Whoever. <laughs> I don't remember your name, but I remember your take on the Matrix Three. I think I would have hated it as a thirteen-year-old, honestly. Like I know See, you're you're talking about like 
seeing it in the context of being 1999 and then yeah. the other two like 2003 but i don't i don't think i would have liked it at all at that age no yeah i mean like and we'll get to those later but that's one of my biggest things about this is that dude these movies are really dense really mm-hmm. really really dense in their lore dense in their dialogue and to be honest kind of hard to follow yeah no that's that's one of my main criticisms about it too i feel like the the first movie is a lot more clear and honestly if you just leave it at that you're probably good but i feel like if you're willing to take the time and put the effort into understanding more of the story watching the second two movies mm-hmm it does kind of reward you for that yeah well and that's they're really one of the first things to like again going back to how they changed cinema i guess um mm-hmm. they're they set a template for world building and rewatchability like we really weren't people weren't making movies thinking the audience is going to pick this apart like they do with like game of thrones or lost or something they'll watch it over and over again they'll go and look for clues they'll get online in communities and make fan theories Mm -hmm. and the matrix was really the first big thing to pull that off in a way that really excited people and so i know they have all those like clues about bible verses on like license plates even things like neo's an anagram for one because he's the one and trinity there's a spirituality thing in there like none of that had really been done and people weren't really expecting fans to engage in world building i'm not saying it had never been done i mean tolkien did it you know but like on this level where basically to really understand the matrix and its like fullness you needed to see all three movies you needed to see the animatrix and you needed to play a couple video games because they actually put (laughs) new like that's that's a lot to ask of someone and Mm -hmm. i guarantee if the wachowskis like pitch that to a studio they would have been like you're an idiot like that people will never do that you have to explain things to them very slowly and it has to be really clear and there has to be a love interest and people know what they want and they don't want that um and it really is uh it's set the template for stuff that we are still doing now stuff that like the mcu is doing stuff that like online forensic fandom communities are doing this just this type of stuff was not really around in 1999 not in a big way and you got to give the matrix props for that oh yeah they deserve a lot of credit for it man mm-hmm. 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 Well, i guess more about the movie itself uh one thing so we did we did watch the first movie together you and i yeah uh, this the second movie we've watched together since nomad land so big I think improvement we're, we're on a pretty good streak there um cgi not really bad until it is yep (laughs) really blew the climax with that one (laughs) oh man just ooh, ooh, Ooh. mr anderson or sorry i always call uh, a agent Smith Smith, mr anderson because he says it it's his thing it's his catchphrase yeah um man it was a really really good looking movie up until that he, final moment when he, he blowed up <laughs> when his head turns into a funhouse mirror <laughs> <laughs> of digital code Ooh, yeah that but was then, like, the sentinels look cool all the effects look cool like all the bullet time stuff for the time looked really good mm-hmm. and then yeah yeah green borders on an exploding 
<laughs> Hugo Weaving. <laughs> Which, Hugo Weaving, I'll say, best part of the movie, probably best no part doubt. of the trilogy. Best part of the whole series, no question about it. Even when things are kind of rough, him being on the screen is magic. Like, he never has, like, a bad scene. He never has, like, a line that comes off weird. He is... He was a great... You know, like, essentially something kind of hard about this is the the true antagonist is like a faceless machine that is no longer in human humanoid form and doesn't really communicate and hugo weaving's agent smith was a really awesome avatar for the matrix you know like a human avatar that they could talk to and feel threatened by yeah um, smart move having that to just kind of like give the threat a face and also just man hugo weaving was a perfect casting just 10 out of 10 he kills it even when there's like a couple hundred of them in the next movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go back to cultural impact really quick for something funny. Hit me. <laughs> Imagine if this movie came out two years later, and they have a scene where the good guy walks into the airport, beats the shit out of TSA, and smuggles oh. in a bunch of guns. And then, like, ten minutes later, they crash a helicopter into a skyscraper. <laughs> it would not have done nearly as well. It really, like, it was jarring to me. I'm not trying to make light of a tragedy. But it was jarring to me when they were like, Look at this cool guy who beats the fuck out of airport security and smuggles in a hundred guns. And I was like, oh, 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 oh that changed really fast. <laughs> if only you knew. Cool. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a really I didn't remember it at all in the movie. And it really, really caught me off guard. <laughs> I was like, whoa, hold up. Even if it is in the Matrix and they're all NPCs like shit. They're all yeah, they're all programs. It's fine. Yeah, it's okay. You can you can do terrorism on a program. That's right. I do it all the time in Grand Theft Auto. Uh, <laughs> dude, something that you and uh friend and savior of the show Vanessa were talking about was like just how plain the Matrix is in terms of like, oh, they are in city. They are driving on highway. <laughs> yeah. I am using the only product placement was the Nokia cell phone. Everything else was like, man, Neo sure is having a tough time with job at company. <laughs> and it, it made it so, it made it a little strange, a little jarring, but like it yep. makes sense for the Matrix. Yeah. But if you're going to, just, just a touch more. I'm not saying the Pepsi label has to be facing outwards, but don't just drink water <laughs> i mean <laughs> it was uh it was gotham city man and gotham's an ip what are you gonna do about it they shot it in the real gotham <laughs> and it's a copyrighted city gotham australia baby <laughs> um you know to completely change directions i could have used a little comic relief every once in a while okay yeah there is absolutely zero in the nine hours of Matrix content I watched. Like it is. What's the funniest joke in the in the trilogy? You're gonna be hard pressed to find a joke in the trilogy. That's was... exactly my point. <laughs> <laughs> there is, and honestly, maybe that's why it lent itself so well to parody because it takes itself so seriously. 
mm-hmm. and it's it's not like it's not obnoxiously serious you know like it's not like annoyingly into itself yeah but... it's a serious subject yeah like humor would have maybe felt out of place sometimes yeah give me i mean i don't want marvel levels of quips every second but i'm saying like these were long movies and they were very monotonous like they there was no deviation in what i was supposed to be feeling while i watched it i just i needed something to to break it up every once in a while other than like a 40 minute action scene mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah the action is the break from the seriousness and even that's supposed to be tense and exciting mm-hmm um while we're on critiques do you have any other critiques i got a couple more notes uh one extreme positive something i pointed out it is very nice to see a character taking pills by drinking a glass of water with it (laughs) the pill taking is a critical part of the plot and it's nice to someone use water in film for taking pills (laughs) i should have learned we should have learned hollywood I never knew that was a thing until you pointed it out to me. I have never once thought about how a person takes a pill in a movie. Dry, and they 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 cup their hand and they throw it back in their mouth, and they just like tilt their head back and <laughs> <laughs> like a pelican, just <laughs> throw it <laughs> throw it back. We have got a bunch of launchpad McQuacks taking dry pills. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a critique I get that this movie was about the concept more than anything I could have used a little more a little more character drama okay I thought that like the neo trinity romance was very very flat um I just I just couldn't really bring myself to care about it I didn't really think they had much chemistry um I really thought that uh oh my god Lawrence Fishburne real solid morpheus you know but like to have a like very serious very collected very calm character like him in a leadership role you need to have some variation around uh around the rest of the cast you know like you need the rest of the characters to kind of yeah level him out and everyone was very serious and um we just never really we never really got a why do i care about these individuals as humans versus and i get it was it was humanity versus machines and they were kind of avatars for humanity but i could have used a little more little more little more seasoning a little more seasoning on those characters the only one with any seasoning was mouse and uh, his reward for all his character was getting shot a bunch (laughs) so i did like mouse that's what happens when you have personality baby I really do wish I mentioned it while we were watching it. I just wish when we met the crew, we would have had a like meet your platoon, meet your platoon Vietnam montage. You know, like mm-hmm. they could have like walked him through and like been like played War Children or Senator's Son, um, and just had everyone be like, "Hey, yo, this is Mouse. Mouse is the cook, and he also flies the helicopters." And had him like smoking a cigar and being like, "We only got one rule around here, Neo." kill all robots <laughs> make sure you keep your socks dry here's a gun you know like we just could have used a little uh, a little buddy buddy obviously i'm being like hyperbolic for comedic effect but i really think we could have used a little more buddy buddy 
little more right. chumming it up of hey because like even at this time like we haven't gone to zion you know like I, I get that they reference it but watching this movie the first time i would think these are like the last humans left in humanity they should have like a little bit of like a relational bond to each other instead of just being like co-workers you know yeah yeah when uh when tony pants killed like three of the human characters you're just sitting there like okay so what was yeah. that one's name again oh well she's gone yeah i was more sad because i liked their names i was like mm, cool name gone <laughs> it sucks i only remember mouse <laughs> gosh I, I don't remember any of their other names was cypher cool. one of them or was that in the sequels i think cypher's later there was shift um this there's one dude with a cool car, ass name car functions what are we doing <laughs> reverse damn it car, no, i'm looking carburate um there was uh there was robo chat <laughs> that's a transformer for sure no cypher was in this that's joe pants oh joe pants was cypher okay tank apoc tank. Tank. dozer dozer was my favorite name i thought dozer was cool as hell i like Dozer's him. a cool name dude dozer's a cool name and a cool guy speaking of tank we got our first uh deus ex tankina when he shoots cypher with the gun after we thought he was dead yeah it was actually weirdly enough god out of the machine oh Ooh. i like what you're doing there because he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't in the the matrix well he was in the movie the matrix but he wasn't in the matrix that's in the movie the matrix right he was in our matrix not the matrix right 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 what did you think of the fourth wall breaking ending monologue uh man can't wait for this rage of the machine against the machine song to hit <laughs> really i liked it i thought it was cool i kind of got chills when neo was talking to us he's telling those machines He's going to tell us everything we need to know about getting out of the Matrix. I liked it. That was pretty cool. Very 99, though. Very, very, very 99. Definitely influenced by Goodfellas, you could tell. Um, that's a joke, but they did break the fourth wall in that movie, and it was kind of <laughs> lame. Um, man, you know my last real note on this? Hmm. I don't know a single person who doesn't like this movie. It is not polarizing. I don't yeah. know anyone who doesn't like it. Do you? No, or at least like, I mean, everyone's got their opinions about the sequels, but I don't know anybody that's like, yeah, the first one sucks too. Yeah, no, everyone likes this movie. It's like beloved. <clears throat> Very non-controversial. For good reason. Yeah, maybe it's, uh, you know, a lot of the people we know grew up on it, including yeah. us, in sure. a sense. And then also it's just good. Yeah there you have it hot it's take a, it's a hot take the matrix is good greg if you found out right now that your whole life was a simulation red pill or blue pill give me that blue baby <laughs> Keep i would me be in here i'd take a blue pill with a tall glass of water don't want any chances of that getting caught in my pelican beak That's i would right. wash that baby right down <laughs> <laughs> greg do you have a favorite line I'm skipping to closing closing thoughts on this, but I'm I'm out. Are yeah. you out? I felt like we were winding down. Yeah, we got four movies, and that's <laughs> this, we said what we need to say. Yeah, favorite line. Uh, guns. 
lots of guns. <laughs> I'm going to go with only because uh, when I was a kid, on probably WinMX, I think something even before LimeWire, I had a video of Morpheus training Neo, but he farts all the time. And uh, he bends over and bows and lets out a squeaker and then says, you think that's air you're breathing now? <laughs> so that's my favorite line in the movie. Because of a parody video. Yeah, that's fine. That's acceptable. <laughs> Greg, what's your critic or score? My critic or score for The Matrix Part 1 is a solid 32 out of 40, which is an 8 out of 10. Nice. I haven't actually entered it. I'm kind of calling it in the ring right here, but uh, I'm going to give it a 39 out of 50. I think it is... uh, See, this is where I struggle, because as I say almost every episode, my line is, if I give it a 40, I think it transcended the genre, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't really know that I would say this has broader appeal in my book, past the like sci-fi is the world fake genre i think it had plenty of problems but then again i literally just said i don't know anyone who doesn't like it so now that i think about it i'm gonna bump it up to a 40 we just gave it another point the matrix gets a 40 out of 50 uh i'm not as equates to an 8 out of 10 we have the same score same score same Same score score. How special is that? We're, we're, we're dumb. <laughs> we're dummies. Um, you want to jump right into the Animatrix, or do we need a seamless edit? Nah, man. Cool. Let's uh, seamlessly, conversationally transition seamlessly without awkward interchange or pause. Hold on, I've got a segue. I've the a segue. Animatrix. Okay, hit me. <laughs> Greg... The other day I was playing with an animal and I was also working on some math and looking at matrices, <laughs> matrices. And I just thought, man, if only Seth Brundle could accidentally fuse this. And then I found the Animatrix on Blu-ray. <laughs> Why was I excited? <laughs> the Animatrix. I had never seen this before. It was like, I remembered the cover. And I was like, Animatrix, that sounds kind of cool. I didn't yep. know how closely associated with the Matrix trilogy it was. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't even know it was a series of like short stories with like differing animation studios and stuff like that. I just thought it was an animated movie with the Matrix like canon sort of involvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, bit of a surprise. I liked it. Same here. I... Uh... My only memories of it was, like, regularly seeing the case at Blockbuster when I was in middle school. Yeah, I recognize the cover right away. Yeah. No, I was always intrigued, but not enough to make it my one movie, you know? Not enough to to make it my Neo, so to speak. Oh. Yeah, which is honestly probably good, because I don't think in middle school I would have been in a place to appreciate it. And I watched it for the first time a couple days ago, and I really, really liked it. I liked it a lot. I'd even go as far as to say it might be my favorite of the franchise. Oh, my goodness gracious. Nah, it's got some dumb stuff, too. I'm not going to say it's better than the first. That's right. <laughs> Walking back my hot take. Woo! Woo! Walking it right back. <laughs> Gently. <laughs> Have you seen uh, Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix? No. 
Oh, you should check that out. It's good. It's basically the same thing. It's like a series of different Ooh. animated uh, shorts features, varying, like style, like completely different styles, uh, varying quality. I will say that everyone's got their favorites and least favorites. But uh, yeah, get ready to see a lot of animated penis, <laughs> but also some really really cool and also some really really funny um, sci-fi shorts. Yeah, okay. I feel like this this was kind of like the precursor proof of concept for that. There's probably been more like collections of animations like this yeah. between the two, but it's it's the first one that comes to mind for me because cool. they just came out with a second season. It's, it's pretty fun. This actually, uh, it reminded me a lot of one of my favorite animated movies ever made, which is Heavy Metal. You ever seen that bad boy? No, but I know, oh. yeah, I know I know it, but I haven't seen it. Heavy Metal is cool as hell, man. And this really was giving me some Heavy Metal vibes. I was feeling it. I like the name a lot. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you an anthology guy? You dig on anthologies? Yeah, sure. Okay. I, I like dabble. a lot. I'm a big I, fan. I dabble. I, I usually really, I'm a big horror anthology guy. I don't know as much about like sci-fi ones or drama ones. I did buy New York Stories on DVD because I really want to see it and I haven't got around to watching it and it's been about a year. But I will. I will. I'm coming for you boys. Um, <laughs> no, what I love about the anthology format, you know, and it works great in shows. I'm a big fan of Tales from the Crypt. Um, I really like some horror anthologies like Tales from the Dark Side. I really dig Creep Show. Uh, there's there's some oh trick or treat is stupid good and what i love about them is you can tell a really cool story really quickly and you don't really have to worry about us as an audience being attached to any of the characters and yeah. like they also don't have to be good people we don't have to relate to them it allows you to tell a story you really couldn't tell in a feature where like it's a bunch of bad people and they do a bad thing and that's the story because who would stick with that for like more than 20 minutes you know but like mm -hmm. it, it allows you some leeway and i think the animatrix really has even more going for it in the sense that it has the matrix universe on its side and they kind of drop us in these really really dense really really hard to access stories with no context but we already know the matrix you know like so it already has that tool going for it and i think they used that really really well yeah, that was my main praise. Um, I didn't like watch all the credits or do a lot of research after, but Me um, as I was watching it, I happened to see that the Wachowskis did create the story for the first two, like the second Renaissance, uh -huh. I think they were called. Uh, those first two shorts, the story was by the Wachowskis. Mm. So, but yeah, like I think you mentioned it in the f in when we were talking about the first Matrix was the just insane level of world building that they were able to achieve. Like they're just insanely creative people that gave us this world. And I think, oh man, it's incredibly easy to just make a quick 10 minute engaging narrative using rules that are already established in mm -hmm. in the movies that we've seen. Yeah. Or even the first movie. Like it's, it's really cool. Yeah, because even if you don't know what's going on at first or why you should care, you know it's part of this universe that you already care about mm -hmm. and so you want to know more people were intrigued they were engaged um yeah man did you like that uh concept art for dead or alive extreme beach volleyball that was the first short of the underwear fight oh man i thought the under underwear fight was the last one no the last one was my favorite tool music video 
<laughs> I know the one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, underwear fight was boring, but it, yeah. it it provided a little context that was like directly related to the story of the Matrix. Yeah, no, of course. And you know, I don't have strong memories of a lot of these. I did, uh, I did uh, consume a lot of Wachowski content in a short yeah. amount of time. Yeah, th- that's the thing here is we're going to be talking about movies, and I I know we're going to be like, wait, was that the second or third movie? Because we... those those two blend though, man. They really we, do. We watched like nine. <laughs> plus hours of content like some yeah. of this is gonna blur together even the animated stuff is gonna some of the concepts are gonna um confuse me a little or bleed into the other um movies yeah and i think i might have given myself marathon bias too because like i watched this right after i watched the matrix and uh man i kind of needed a break but i didn't really have the time to budget for a break and so I liked the Animatrix, and I think I would have liked it even more if I just like went in fresh one night and watched it alone. You know, like I yeah, I forgot a lot of the things. I remember I loved the two uh, the two second Renaissance shorts. I thought they were really good. I Those loved cool. the uh, the Cowboy Bebop one uh, where it was very noir esque. That one um, was a program, right? Where like they're like fighting as samurai, like on the rooftops and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That one reminded me of the Rick Oh wait, and no, Morty's... no, no. What? That's a, that's a different one. Sorry. That's a different one. Okay. That's the one where they clearly just wanted to do a samurai fight, and that's why they made it. <laughs> okay, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, it that... reminds you of Rick and Morty. Yeah, that one where they're doing the samurai fight because they like pull her out, and they're like, "Congratulations, you passed the test." And it's like that episode of Rick and Morty where they go to the uh, amusement park and Morty plays that video game. <laughs> I had <laughs> a wife. Play... I had a family. <laughs> Uh, our Persian rugs are eighty percent off. <laughs> Selling carpet in a video game. It was basically that, but yeah, samurai fights. <laughs> Absolutely, that's an Adult Swim thing. I was gonna say, yeah, Nate, that's a Nathan for you thing. There's a there's a lot of good cyberpunk cyberpunk content here, and there's not a lot of good cyberpunk content in the rest of the world. It's something that I really dig, and I dug it a lot. Thoughts on mm-hmm. Cyberpunk? Thoughts on Cyberpunk and the Animatrix? I haven't played it yet. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, it's cool, man. Um, I gotta say, my least favorite one was, I think you were calling the Tool music video, where they're training the robot. They got, like, the little monkey, and they're training the robot to, like, convert to fighting for humans Mm -hmm. i hated that one (laughs) (laughs) yeah they go into the matrix and they're like floating around like little cyber nymphs and you're just like we just saw you as people this is stupid (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah they they weren't all winners but like the one where they go into the haunted house Mm -hmm quote-unquote was really cool i thought the animation in that one was sick yeah this is where i see a lot of anthologies falter in my opinion it is really hard to do this many shorts back to back and have the audience keep pace because we go through the full narrative cycle and at a certain point 
it doesn't matter how good the short was. We just have started and stopped so many times that we're kind of like over the whole process. And so I think Mm -hmm. this probably would have been better if they did three medium length shorts instead of five short shorts. Yeah. Just a thought. Yeah. uh, That little gasp I gave was me remembering the noir one you were talking about, which proves your point exactly because I completely forgot about that one. Yeah. Because there are so many stops and starts that I was just like, which one is he talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I I got you you now. That was my favorite animation style. I actually, I remember liking it. I don't really remember the plot of it that well right now. And someone is going to like flame me on the internet for this. Sorry, everyone. Get over it. It's 18 years old. Yeah, this is what your charity donations get you. The Animatrix can vote now. Uh... Anything else on these ones? Man, that's really all I got, man. You got anything? Nah. Alright. I'm solid. I did not take down a favorite line for this, did you? I realized two seconds ago that I did not take down a favorite line. (laughs) Alright, so we were both tired when we watched this. That's Um, right. (laughs) Greg, what's your uh, your Critiker score? Well, you praise it a lot. Um... This might be a disappointment, but I gave it a twenty-four out eh. of forty, which is a which is a six out of ten. I think that's kind of fair because it's one where it's when it's good, it's really good. But yeah. there are there are, there's at least two shorts in this that are flat out duds, and you gotta Skate- like look into that. You know, like you gotta account for that. Skateboarding kid could have used a few more hours in the uh, animation room. Yeah. Yep. Um. Do you know he's that kind of annoying guy in the next two? That was supposed to be his backstory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I I was able to piece that together. I wouldn't um, have, but Davis told me. <laughs> I was like, oh, because like he's talking about like, no, kid, you saved yourself. I'm like, I think he told that uh, that annoying kid in the third movie that. Yeah. Um. Did you give your Critiker score already? No, I'm gonna give it a 37 out of 50. Just eyeballing it here. Okay. Um, I think it's, you know, it's above average. It's not amazing, but it's yeah. it's pretty good. I liked it a lot. Smidge over a 7. Yeah, Passing yeah. grade. Passing grade. I think it deserves it. Most definitely. All right, man. That that was that was pretty good. Pretty good chat. Yeah, good chat. Good chat. I love a good chat. I love a good crack of the seltzer. Cheers. Mm. You know what else I love? I don't know, Greg. What do you love? Uh, Am I setting you up? Oh, Am I setting you up? Team me up. Am I setting... Team me oh, up. Oh, baby. Oh, Greg. I'm feeling my shirt, and it's covered in seams. What should I do? <laughs> I'm going to prescribe you one seamless edit, Denny. Oh, my God. That's so much better to finally be wearing a seamless shirt. <laughs> you should open a tailor business. You are a wizard. <laughs> You could get the seams out of everyone's clothing. Welcome back to our movie discussion. Uh, <laughs> dream of a world without strangers measuring my inseam. And, and only Greg can take us there. I'm surprised there wasn't a Taylor character in the Matrix trilogy. Well, I mean, someone 
was really stiffing uh, the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar on the Taylor budget because they looked like they were in fucking Naboo when they got the <laughs> Everyone's wearing ripped up ass shitty old sweaters like they've been living underground for a century like someone would expect. I wear the tattered red sweater, so I'm the captain. <laughs> Very cool, That's guys. It's a, a line from J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Uh, all right all right finally some some pep in my step to shit on the rest of the matrix the matrix reloaded um i I do want to talk about them separately even though we as we said they kind of blend together especially because we watched them so close together they came out around the same time or like right at the same time it's like a um back to the future part two and three where one just goes right into the next and they're coming out like right at the same time sort of thing same year how often does that happen they both came out in 2003 yeah wait oh yeah i was like no back to the future was all right never mind no i get i get you now i get you now (laughs) the matrix 2 came out the same year as back to the future on marty's timeline oh my gosh and uh in the timeline where biff is like donald trump they only have the matrix reloaded that's the only movie there is yeah infinite biff theory infinite biff theory hashtag it hashtag it put it on a t-shirt boom ah man want to buy a (laughs) t-shirt man they really uh so yeah let's just dive into matrix reloaded want me to hit hit you with the first i got I, i got two notes one's a quick one uh, right between the eyes give it to me this is our very first time in our hacker trilogy where somebody says i'm in it took trinity two movies to say i'm in hold on oh in this hacker trilogy yeah Sorry. In this I hacker like, trilogy goldblum said it in independence day she said i'm in twice in this i'm pretty sure i think so but yeah, I, said I, we're in i made i made note of the first one i was like ah oh, they don't think they said it in the first movie <laughs> it's kind of mandatory in your hacker movie you have to say i'm in um yeah. my second note they really turned morpheus from like a really cool know-it-all like kind of the guy with the master plan dude to yeah. prophecy obsessed weirdo like really quick and it sucks dude one of my first notes is I would not side with Morpheus at all in this prophecy oracle shit. Like I would not be on his team if I were if I were one of the people in this movie. If it was in the first movie, you're like, yeah, Morpheus is cool. I'd follow him anywhere. In the second movie, you're like, mm. what happened to you, Morpheus? What happened? What have you been through? Who hurt you? What you lost your you lost your mojo, man. He really oh, lost shit. it. We didn't do a rundown. Should we do a rundown? Oh yeah, let's summarize the plot of the Matrix Reloaded. You know, let's let's get this out of the way. Let's let's summarize the plot of Reloaded and Revolutions. All right. Do you want to do the first? Uh, well, I was thinking like just all run it all through as one thing. So sweet. Reloaded and Revolutions are the sequels in the trilogy of the Matrix. Uh, came out around the same time, like we said. Matrix Reloaded is basically Neo. Um, seeing for the first time the city of humanity that he has set out to save um, kind of gelling with them and then coming up with a plan to save the people and as he goes into the matrix he realized that agent uh, Smith 
has kind of taken over the program. He's getting too big, he's getting too strong. He's trying to find out his destiny while also dealing with his romance with Trinity and how coming up with a plan to save humanity. And in Revolution, Matrix Revolutions, uh, they kind of do all that. That's the plot of Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> they kind of do all they that. They kind of do all that. There's not a lot of story beats in that movie, brother. Oh. Dude, I just... I'm glad. I actually posted a tester on Facebook mm -hmm. to ask how hot of a take it was that The Matrix as a whole is not a very good franchise. And I was pretty pleased with the results. Uh, was everyone kind of up. agreeing with you? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, uh, it's, I, I really don't think that Matrix 2 and 3 have the same love for them that The Matrix has. Definitely it's, not. I think even the hardcores are like, yeah, these are kind of crap. Yeah. I think it was a lot more fun to have questions than to have answers in this world. Yeah. I feel like... Yeah, but that being said, I feel like we didn't get all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't play any of the video games, Greg, so we didn't buy the casual? We didn't buy the sticker book, so we're missing a few key details. <laughs> I have a lot of beautiful imagery about like a paint by numbers matrix plot <laughs> book that you can fill out yourself <laughs> oh so he is jesus <laughs> color the red to find out <laughs> i don't have anything else oh man that's enough dude. of that bit the lore is just so dense and really not that interesting it was way better to have my brain fill in the gaps of what the larger world looked like in the matrix one it was very much uh keanu seems to be drawn to this shit because they pretty much do the same thing in john wick um like that was what was so cool about the matrix one and john wick one is they clearly show you there's something intricate going on mm -hmm. and they give you enough context to follow along but they don't fully explain it and that's what's so cool and then as the series go on they fully explain it and it's actually not all that neat yeah <laughs> like it's just not great that's how i feel and like specifically with john wick you're just always like oh there's like a shadow company or like an organization behind all of this and they're just so yeah. powerful like we have to abide by these rules mm -hmm. and then you start diving in to that organization start seeing the faces start defeating these enemies you're just like it kind of softens any impact that the first movie might have had that's specifically yeah. with john wick but i think that same kind of feeling happens here and i love the yeah. john wick movies i, I great Dude, great they're sequels fun. they're fun they're the super whole, I, fun I, I don't love two i think three was a really solid bounce back though mm -hmm. but one is one is top tier it's a great movie oh, so good um yeah you know i saw these in theaters in middle school and I thought that I didn't understand them because I was, like, a middle schooler with no attention span. Whew. Now I have a... I'm a 31-year-old man with a degree in film, and I don't really understand them any better. Dude. I think I pretty much got what there was to get when I was 13. I think the main problem... Oh, man. 
uh, friend of the show, Brandon, who I said, who I mentioned at the top of the show, answered a lot of my questions. It's annoying that I had so many questions because the, I think the main problem with all that is like the architect scene. It's supposed to be like the unveiling of the whole system and the whole process. Yeah. It's the unveiling of everything, and you're just like battered over the head. You're just you're given so much so quickly and so kind of flatly like you just it's a five or six minute scene where you just feel like you got hit with so much like it's like overturning everything you thought about the series so far and it's explaining it all but you 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 can't process it yeah it's and it's it's not emotional either the feeling isn't there when you're finding out all this stuff the first time i saw reloaded it didn't click with me that there this was like the sixth instance of like the matrix and neo Mm -hmm. being like the savior and all that stuff Mm -hmm. like that like i was trying to focus on the other stuff of what was going on like that one just like slipped by because there's just too much happening in like a few minutes span yeah you know a simple I am your father would have done just nicely. You know, like that's, that's all you got to do to blow people's minds. All right. Like it just keep it, keep it accessible, keep it, uh, over the plate and give us an emotional reveal. Like you could have seriously just had the architect go, Oh, Neo. So you're the chosen one this time. What do you mean this time? Oh, oh, this hap- this happens every couple of years. It never works to be continued. You know, like, yeah. Or s- it was, spend a little more time there or explain less. Yeah, or give us something to look at. Because they're cause like, like in sitting the, and talking. Yeah, and then in the same scene, he's like giving all these like philosophical questions and like posing all these uh, moral quandaries of like, and like, how would a program, like, my perfection was my imperfection? Like, just giving us all this stuff, like, we don't even have time to think about because we're like, Wait, what? What's happening with the plot right now, though? Yeah, like it's just—it's yeah. just, it's, they're trying to give us like three different mind-blowing things that it just—it doesn't work because you can't. <laughs> it lessens yeah. the impact of all of them. Exactly, you know, and less is more. Less and is this more. Is something that uh, enemy of the show, Davis Kauk, who hates this because he can't <laughs> argue with us. And that's our first enemy. Of the show. First enemy of the show. <laughs> Um, <laughs> something he pointed out and he loves this series like it, it, like he can acknowledge its flaws but it's just like a childhood favorite thing for him mm-hmm. um, you know in the first movie the problem is that the world is not real yeah and that's really exciting and really accessible and kind of asks this question that we can't really answer as humans of like how do we get here are we in a simulation what would we do if we were probably nothing but if you could would you do it mm-hmm. maybe I don't know um and in this one the problem is like thousands of years of lore that we don't really have access to the problem is no longer they're deceiving us and they're in the matrix the problem is like we have to save this city of horny star wars people (laughs) (laughs) just want to fuck all the time (laughs) zion sucks man how do all these women have shaved armpits by the way It's the, well, it's the, the Walking Dead problem. Movie magic. Movie and, magic. You know, the, a little bit of the male gaze goes a long way. That's right. It really does. <sighs> we couldn't have we couldn't have women 
with hairy armpits in a dystopia, that would be gross. You're not supposed to look there. You're supposed to look at their nipples through their shirts. <laughs> that was exciting when I was in eighth grade. Please That's like our movie. Probably... <laughs> <laughs> no, it it was. Never mind. Whatever. Yeah, I, I, know... I always hated the Zion parts. Dude, the Zion parts like. I kept saying, look at these Attack of the Clones ass motherfuckers. Like, everything there <laughs> reminds me of a Star Wars prequel. Yeah. Um, they act that way, they talk that way, they dress that way. This whole thing reminds me of two movies, Spider-Man 2 and Attack of the Clones. And neither of those are good things to remind me of. You didn't like they the Battle rough. of Geonosis? What the fuck is that? Who am I talking to? Anyways. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Star Wars, man. Attack of the Clones. We don't do Star Wars. We don't do Star Wars. <laughs> if they made a Lego Star Wars movie, we would do the. We would absolutely do a special episode for that. Yeah, we would. Because I loved uh, one of the few video games I've played like to the bone in my life is Lego Star Wars on the Xbox. I loved that game. Disney, that was so much fun. Disney, we expect some royalties there. You're welcome oh, for yeah. the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, give me some more notes about Reloaded. How fucking boring was that whole scene with the French guy and their Scooby-Doo bookcase that they did? <laughs> Thank you for calling it that. Dude, I still don't know how to say his name, but it's like the Marinjavinian or whatever. He's basically like if Christoph Waltz's character in Inglorious Bastards sucked and was boring. <laughs> yeah, he's just... God, that was hard to pay attention to. It was just really, really hard to stay engaged. But it's important too. I was, I was messaging. Yeah, Brand I was that's messaging. The bad part. <laughs> that sucks. I was messaging Brandon. I was like, man, the the character and part of the movie that I cared about the least and enjoyed watching the least is like, in a, in terms of the lore, the stuff I'm most interested in learning more about. Yeah, because like. He was telling me all about all kinds of stuff. I'll get into a little bit later, but yeah, like that sucked. Yeah. Um, also, in that scene, I did not need the digital upskirt shot. Ugh. 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 Woof. Ugh. <laughs> I hated, hated the Spider-Man Two. You can save the world or save your girlfriend arc. Just. Just walk through that door. Race out the matrix. Uh, hated it. What a what a what a chore to sit through that. Dude, Neo and Trinity had no chemistry. Just none whatsoever. They kissed a bunch though, man. Oh, that elevator makeout scene was just Stop trying to make it a thing. It's not a thing. No, they liked each other. No, they it wasn't cool. This was some this was some neckbeard incel shit with Neo and Trinity. <laughs> Proto patient zero. <laughs> uh, I got I, I got another note for you, buddy. Lay it on me. Uh, let's break up with the negatives with the positive. Hugo I'll Weaving try. does it again. The dude is Boy, unstoppable. I love him. Even when there's too many of them and the CGI on him isn't always the best, he <laughs> gives it his all and kills it again. Yeah, there wasn't enough of him. We spent so much time with digital upskirts that we could have spent on digital Hugo Weavings. That's right. Yeah. Weaving our way through the plot and not 
uh, dress. <laughs> sure. Curves. Sure pervy thing. Ass, pervy ass <laughs> filmmakers perving on upskirt people, even if they're not real. Um, yeah, what did you think of the decision to have multiple Agent Smiths? Uh, it was kind of um, a alien aliens situation. Mm-hmm. Of, you've got the one xenomorph that's the whole antagonist, and then all of a sudden, there's a million of them, and they're, for some reason, not as hard to take down as one. <laughs> what was that all about? Uh, we'll take on those two incredible movies another time. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, it kind of lessened the impact and lessened the tension of any fight with because you're never sure like okay is the smith he's fighting is he like the original one or does it even matter conceptually i like it because it's like a computer virus that just multiplies and spreads by by turning other people into like using the little venom goo yeah to like (laughs) turn other (laughs) turn anyone into smiths (laughs) You mean the Alex Mack goo? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it was actually pretty cool. That's one of the things I didn't hate about the movie, but I, I think it's a symptom of a larger problem of they just felt like they kept having to raise the stakes. Yeah, it's the, dra- bigger, it's the Dragon bigger, Ball Z bigger. thing. Yeah, we'll get to that. Wait, no, this one. is the ultimate power. But wait, there's yeah. a bigger one, too. You gotta beat that one, too. You know, it was better when you had, like, uh, the Matrix is a pretty chill functioning system, but you've got these, like, you know, these essentially government G-men, black suits, men in black, hiding in plain sight, going around doing evil deeds and looking normal. That, That was really cool. And then you have, like, fucking program running wild and giant starships flying everywhere and... Yeah. Ugh. Uh-uh-uh. Not a fan. Not a fan. I'm not completely against it, but, you know. Uh, I'm not against it with Agent Smith. Yeah. But I just think it's it's a, it's a symptom of a larger issue, like I said. Oh, by the way, there was 100% the use of a bowling pin sound effect when he was fighting all the uh, Smiths. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Really? Yeah. I did not notice that. There it, it was totally, like... I think there was there were a couple that were like dominoes, I think, and then there was one that was definitely bowling pins falling down, getting knocked over. That's really, really, really funny. I'm I'm here to note the uh, weird sound effect usage, like the little slip. You always do the slip in you, Jurassic Park. I'm gonna look for it next time I watch it. I got I got to double check it, but I think I'm right. To go back to Star Wars prequels. Ooh, do we have to? Yeah, because do you remember how much the twins were in the marketing? The white guys with dreads. Yeah, uh, I have. They a few were in points. the marketing everywhere. Yeah, I think that they are the Jar Jar Binks of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> they failed to strike a chord with people, and they clearly thought that was going to be everyone's favorite thing about the Matrix Reloaded. Here's two two things they could have done. To make them cool as hell. Number one, they don't talk. Yeah. Just don't make them talk. They just look at each other, crack their necks, and like do some more fightings. Automatically, it's cooler. Note number two, don't turn them into the ghost from Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> I was.
was gonna go with live action Scooby Doo Ghost, but uh, <laughs> already... I think Luigi's Mansion was a better fit. <laughs> It, uh, uh, it would fit in with the uh, Scooby-Doo bookshelf theme, but yeah, it just it, they could have been cool, but uh, they're cool in trailers, but they just don't work. Yep. Well, it's actually, it's an interesting point that Enemy of the Show Davis pointed out to me. Right. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> that all this stuff about, like, uh, like, ghosts and werewolves and vampires actually departs from our reality. Mm-hmm. Saying that all those things are programmed. They're basically saying that, like, humans didn't create mythology on their own. Mm-hmm. That, like, our world... Well, it's either we're in the Matrix, or that's something that was just completely done by the computer overlords, and humans didn't make up those stories, which is, on the one hand, interesting. On the other hand, was it just, like, this, Van Helsing, Underworld, Resident Evil? Did that just have to be in everything in this time period? <laughs> yeah. Like, did you just... You had to at least acknowledge vampires and werewolves and everything? <laughs> <laughs> um non-enemy but super duper friend of the show brandon harris who's getting his f- third or fourth mention of the night uh he pointed out that the the uh the white suit white braid twins are actually uh from the second iteration of the matrix in the within the lore and huh. that train in the third one that gets people like or gets programs from like limbo they actually took that train out of the second matrix and they're like kept alive through every iteration uh that way which made them more interesting but the movie didn't say it so i can't give it credit for doing it yeah doesn't count doesn't count if it's not (laughs) not awarding points not awarding points critic or score remains unchanged yep i know the wachowskis will be devastated to learn this yeah I think if uh, if they could hear us from the top of their pile of money and their knowledge that they changed cinema with their weird stuff that like no one was asking for, but they did it and everybody loved it, I'm sure they'd be really hurt. Yeah. Mm. Single Poor tier. Wachowskis. Single tier. Hey, Wachowskis, I think you're awesome. You made the Matrix. I uh, don't like your other two Matrixes, though. Matrices. Thank you. Um, also, Speed Racer was really weird. Speaking of cars... <laughs> go on how fucking long did that car chase scene go on for too long were they just trying to fill time one thing was it one thing i knew going into it i knew i heard some trivia that they had actually like built seven like i want to say like 60 or 70 miles of highway just to shoot that part of the movie fuck i don't know if it was that long or it was like more like 10 or something but like you spend all that money like finding a place and building an entire highway it looked good but it went on for far too long but they're trying to get the most out of it i get it if i built a whole highway i would probably over overwrite it (laughs) i'll give them that we're gonna give them a pass for that i didn't know they built a whole highway just to film it i'm probably super wrong on that and i'm gonna hear about it and guess what i don't care (laughs) we're counting on you brandon we're counting on you he's he'll, he'll let me know yeah i'll ask um, i'll I will ask say, him tomorrow yeah that did give us um morpheus dual wielding a sword and a gun at the same time that kind of made it all worth it that was pretty tight that inspired years of flash animations <laughs> cartoons <laughs> for years to come uh yeah you know i just thought a lot of this was cool for the sake of being cool which was lame 
that's kind of how I'd that's kind of how I'd leave a, it, a thought on it. It missed a lot more than it hit when you yeah. put it like that. You know the cultural impact of this movie? Hmm. Let me know if you can fill me in on this. Right. Step one, <laughs> 9-11. Okay. Step two, question mark. Step three, white people ripping off Asian cinema in mass. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> <laughs> we were making DuckTales before 9-11. <laughs> All of a sudden we got Kill Bill and The Matrix Reloaded everywhere. <laughs> Are you Made by white people? What happened? 9-11 caused uh, this shift in media? No, I'm saying step two caused the shift in media, and 9-11 caused step two, but we don't know what step two is. I thought you were saying step two was the Matrix Reloaded. No, Matrix Reloaded is part of step three. It's not uh, okay. just this movie that okay. was doing it. White people getting really into like kung fu movies and just ripping them off. What's step two? Where did this come from in culture? No idea. Was it? Is there no step two? Did 9-11 affect Quentin Tarantino and the Wachowskis in a really weird way? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know how 9-11 affected you. <laughs> Jesus. Uh. Oh, man. You know, we gotta stop doing movies that came out between the years 1999 and 2003. It's, we're gonna get into some trouble. <laughs> we, we gotta really scale it back. <laughs> Can't wait to do Country Bears. Alright, so oh, it, what's, what's your favorite line from <laughs> The Matrix Reloaded? Um, it's what I hope people will say if they think we took it too far. Which is, we are getting aggravated. Yes, we are. I like it. That's the, your... that's Agent Smith's, right? No, it's the twins in the car. Oh yeah, okay. I I try to I forget they had dialogue. What's uh what's your favorite line? I forgot they were British even. Um my favorite line is actually from Agent Smith when he venomizes the other agent and he's the other agent says, You and Hugo Weaving perfectly delivers Yes, me 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 <laughs> just just beautiful oh beautiful indeed greg what is your critical rating um i don't think it's going to be as bad as you think i give it a 22 out of 40 which is a five and a half out of 10 you know i'm gonna go a little bit lower i um, thought so I'm a lot harsher on something that turns a hundred million dollars into something mediocre than something that turns ten thousand dollars into something mediocre. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I am going to give this a twenty-four out of fifty. Okay, it's just under a five out of ten. Yeah, that's fine. I, I don't think it's like offensively bad. It's not like you're laughing at their incompetence because yeah. it's it's if, if anything they're competent filmmakers i'm not taking that away from the wachowskis yeah. um there's some really 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 impressive stuff in this movie and they just didn't make me care about any of it and you know what i took a point off just for neo's stupid superman flight at the end 
<laughs> so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. So dumb. All right. We, uh, we ready to revolutionize or what? You know, Greg, I'm always ready to revolutionize. Uh, one of your final points there is kind of how I want to transition into this one. Uh, the budget for... This is this is the only research I actually did. The budget for the first movie was $63 million. And the combined budget for the next two movies were $150 million. One thing that I really appreciate... They didn't spend that 150 to go out and get like big name actors and try to like sell the movies. They used all that money to continue building and fleshing out this world that they were trying to build and show the yep. world. I think that's really cool. I think it's really impressive and I think it's really admirable. They used the awesome. same cast and all the new actors and characters were just other actors that you may or may not have ever seen anything else and I think well, it worked great. There was, there was Jada Pinkett Smith. Don't uh, don't throw her under the bus with, with all those with all those nobodies. Uh, okay. <laughs> um yeah, no, I actually didn't know that. Honestly, I'm really impressed. I I assumed the budget would be way higher. That's the combined budget was 160 for for two movies. Uh the main page of Google said 150, so I don't know what wow. the actual figure is. So I think it's sure, more, sure. 150 for 2 and 3 is what I saw. That's actually pretty impressive. That's I, I'm shocked that you know, if you divide that by 2 over two movies, that's really not a very big budget increase from the Matrix One for how for how popular it was and for how quick they turned it around. Yeah, exactly. I would have expected a lot more. Mm -hmm. I actually retroactively like these movies a little bit more for uh, for using their money that way. And for honestly, I would have thought they were well over two hundred million. I would have thought that. Yeah. Just with all the CGI, this stuff was expensive at the time. We weren't in a like CGI hellscape quite yet. You know, like that. That wasn't cheap. It's not cheap now, but it was not cheap then. <laughs> like, way less cheap. Yeah, and you wouldn't expect it, too. It's it's the two sequels to one of the biggest movies in film history. Mm -hmm. Like, you thought they would have gotten just absolutely bankrolled, but I, I guess not. Yep. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. I would have thought, thought they would have got more. I would have thought they would have <laughs> been like... We're gonna give you a billion, and we want two billion. You know, like that's that's pretty wild. Oh yeah. Um, hit, hit you know me, what? Hit me with a note, buddy. Four movies in, and I'm still waiting for someone to smile. They <laughs> give Wes Anderson shit for being monotone. Well, they clearly haven't seen the Matrix quadrilogy. Man, just no emotional inflection, no range of feeling in the characters. Therefore, no range of feeling in the audience. Hugo Weaving Why? gave us a cool laugh. <laughs> the maniacal laugh from the Muppets. Maniacal laugh. He literally laugh. did a he did a Chris Cooper in the Muppets. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. <laughs> it was awesome. That was literally like <laughs> Doctor Evil. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <so> <laughs> I've never seen someone do a serious and Hugo Weaving did it, but it worked. I liked it. It seems like uh, in, in Vampire's Kiss, when Nicolas Cage tried to actually sneak in saying boo-hoo to a scene where he was crying. I've, you know, when he's like, boo-hoo! Boo-hoo! 
he was like trying to say boo-hoo to see if he could get away with it um i feel like hugo weaving was probably like <laughs> check it out if you listen closely i'm actually gonna say mwahaha <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually gonna do it like a minion in that despicable me movie do they say mwahaha i don't think they do sure who cares yeah who cares who cares Ugh. <sighs> this movie man this movie shark jump you know what man as somebody what? that um spent a lot of time in high school playing a uh, tower defense game on their tower defense games on their ipod touch i thought that middle action sequence where the sentinels are all flooding in was a ton of fun i liked it a lot couldn't comment I thought all the action sequences were way overdrawn out. It was spectacle over substance, and very little of them meant anything to the story or served an actual purpose. I'd rather have one or the other, though, and I think we finally got the spectacle that we were kind of missing in the second movie. Too little too late, brother, brother. Says it was, you. It was all spectacle, no... I don't know. No, All sizzle, no steak. There you Honestly, go. not even that sizzly um yeah dude i was just so far past who gives a shit when i was watching this and that might that might be the marathon effect but uh i didn't like it i didn't like it in 2003 that much either man i i don't think it's just the marathon effect it probably pushed me a little further but i just matrix revolutions who gives a shit man i've never seen someone take something so engaging and amazing and just get me so tired of it <laughs> That's fine. I feel like you're echoing uh, tons and tons of people out there that feel the exact same way. I thought it was seriously less accessible than David Lynch movies. <clears throat> like, they're so dense in the lore. There's so little for you to buy into. It's just... I was not a fan at all. Damn. Sad. Sad to hear you say that. You were a fan? Yeah, I actually like this one. All right. I, I, let's let's get it straight here. the The first one is obviously way better than you know anything we're going to be talking about tonight. But I like this one better than Reloaded. We still had to deal with the Frenchman, but you know he's not in there for too too long. I don't even remember him. He was in that nightclub. His guard what nightclub. His guards were walking on the ceiling. Oh my god, Upside I was so down, preoccupied with how stupid that was. That was so... That was my shark jump moment. It like completely made me forget about the context of the scene, because I was like, guys... Wait, 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 wait. <sighs> so the guys walking on the ceiling did that for you, but like every every single fight sequence, when everyone's clearly on trapeze ropes and like flying around doing basically the same thing the fact that they stick to the ceiling is what did it for you well the, they they still were trying to show us that three movies in to the series i was like oh my god we get it they do crazy stuff get on with the story i was just so like <laughs> we've seen cooler shit than this this is so like what else could we do well we haven't someone on the ceiling yet Wow. Okay. That's fine. Ugh. I'm not in a great mood. I'm not in a great mood right now, Greg. No, I'm I feel it. Past, I'm a little past where I'm supposed to be. 
I don't know how to bring you back, dude. Uh, probably finishing talking about the Matrix. I'm uh, super bored with it. <laughs> how about we talk about... I'll rope you back in with the uh, Indian child actor who was the worst. Yeah, she was not good, and neither was her arc, and neither was how much time they spent explaining that they had to change the Oracle actor. Ooh, yeah. Like, they, they brought it up twice. I bet you don't recognize me. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? <laughs> Do you know why they changed it? Because I have no idea. Yeah, she, she passed away. Oh, that's too bad. It must have been super sudden. I looked it up. It was uh, complications from diabetes. And, uh, oh. you know, they filmed these at the same time, so I'd imagine it was pretty unexpected. I liked her. No, I, she was great. I liked yeah. both the oracles. They were both fine. Yeah. Like, they, they weren't bad. I liked them. Um, but, yeah, no, that's she, the actor passed away. So you, they had, Like, they had to do it. I'm not mad at them for, like, acknowledging it, but they really, like, spelled it out for us. And of all the things they didn't spell out for us, that one was one that we were like, okay, we get it. They could have they could have done a Sopranos and just CGI'd the face onto someone sitting still in a recliner. Yeah. Someone out there gets that. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I call that a Rogue One. But oh my gosh! Oh no! Oh, that's yeah. How we many don't do Star Wars. We don't do Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, man, this was like. Helms Deep meets Star Wars, which we don't do, meets Terminator, meets Aliens. There was a lot of, like, uh, it was honestly, when we got to see a lot of the computer hellscape, it was one of the only times I really felt like this was kind of derivative. I was like, this literally just looks like Terminator World. This yeah. looks like Skynet. Every time we got a wide shot of that, I was like, yep, that is uh, Skynet in the future. Derivative. If they successfully kill John Connor. Yeah. Derivative of Battlefield Earth, for sure. Um, don't don't bother. John Travolta's finest hour. Um, That's not the fanatic. <laughs> That's right, man. Uh, I will say the uh, the alien outer world or the AI robot outer world had one of my favorite scenes in the whole trilogy, and it's the five seconds or so where they breach the atmosphere and trinity sees the sun i thought that was oh yeah yeah that was cool that was i cool. really liked that moment uh, i wonder if that's what jeff bezos felt when he. <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if it was a similar experience to him Ugh. oh hey cool and then back down we go that must have been what it was like <laughs> except yeah. he didn't like do anything useful for the world unlike trinity she she helped people she was good yeah, much better emotional impact there. Yeah. Dude, I just... I really feel very little about this movie. There's just not much there for me. I just don't have a lot of emotional reaction to it. I just honestly felt burnt out at that point. I feel burnt out at this point, even remembering it. I'm just like... I did not like it. I wasn't even enraged. I just was like, dude, are we still doing this? Are you still making Matrix movies? <laughs> Are we, is this still happening right now? Why is there a train station? What the fuck is going on? Yeah, you know, the train station was a cool aesthetic, and I think we really needed something to change it up visually. I liked that move, and I also felt like they did very little with it. 
I think we could have done more. And it was also uh, enemy of the show. Davis pointed out he was like, "This is like Jack Sparrow and Davy Jones's locker." Oh my <laughs> like, gosh, dude! They should have had Leo, or Neo just losing his mind, <laughs> going in, hallucinating himself. Crabs coming down tunnels. He just keeps running the same way down the tunnel, expecting it to change <laughs> instead of just the one time. Yeah, that could that could have been played out more fun, and it could have been explored yeah. more deeply. Like I said, the the British sunglass twins they yeah. they use that like we just saw this lame boring family like oh we're just gonna go down the train let's let's be nice to neo let's, let's yep. get our suitcases yep boring I, I did like the creepy train conductor guy with all the watches <laughs> he was he was creepy and he, then he wasn't around much <laughs> yeah he was fun yeah i think uh, they could have done more with that like i think that's the biggest sin of this movie is it was time for like an aesthetic change up you know give me something different visually i like the parts when they did that but like show me that i'm not just watching the epilogue of matrix reloaded shake it up give me give me a little pizzazz give me something new i've already seen two two and a half hour movies of this shit Uh um you know like just i was i'm trying not to talk about star wars <laughs> it keeps coming up we gotta but, watch other movies well it was like dude how cool would, <laughs> to compare stuff to do you think star wars would have been as cool if you just spent the whole time in the death star you know if you're just always on the interior of the death star <sighs> well yeah and then for five minutes you're somewhere else yeah yeah it, it's it's not as fun man this was just like chronicles of riddick tier it just reminded me of like all the sci-fi fantasy type stuff that was coming out at this time i haven't seen that one i for some reason watched it a lot when i was grounded in eighth grade Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i was really bored and i think it was on tv a lot uh vin diesel is here to keep you company I never even watched Pitch Black. To this day, I haven't seen it. I've seen Chronicles of Riddick like crazy, though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What did you think about them going full DBZ in the final moments? That's what I was alluding to earlier. Yeah. um, Man, I don't know. Let's see. I did have a note about that. Hold on. Let me see it. Um... I, I I did say like if you're going to go ahead and have like the crazy flying and flips fight, you might as well let's just go all out for like the last fight. But it didn't need to be <laughs> that crazy, that flippy, that like that's where I was just like feeling myself losing interest. Yeah, and I was like I was really enjoying the action scenes leading up to that moment, and then that happened. It's just like. You, you can't relate to it you can't engage with it it's, it feels like a super boring i won't even say marvel it feels like a super boring dc fight yeah fucking swish take that dc yeah uh, <laughs> suck it no it's 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 completely stylistically and tonally different from everything that we've come to like expect and love from this world and not in a good way not in like a not in the shake-up way that I was asking for. It's just, like, everything about it seemed like, well, we have to do a finale, and the finale has to be the biggest thing yet. And yeah, I, I agree with that, but it should come from the story. 
and not come from oh and make it make the fight in the rain and now they fly it's... we're gonna use slow-mo like this yeah 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 not wild about it and i just do that long ass robot battle that they did when it was clear that Neon was just gonna like kill Sauron and it was all gonna work itself out. Like it was so low stakes. Uh, it was just so obvious what was gonna happen, you know. Like, and they're telling this like, so like, a def an apologetic for this movie that I'll hear and for these two movies is that like, they're they're more about philosophy and people weren't really expecting that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. And that's kind of true, especially with, like, Neo going into the Matrix and having to become one with it to destroy it and all this self-sacrifice allegory stuff. Okay, that's kind of there. Why would you suddenly depart from that and do just, like, a very generic superhero fight? What's that about? Yeah, good question. Um, I don't think I have the answer. It's sold, so whatever. Yeah, whatever. They made a bunch of money. Um, you got anything else? I'm done. I got nothing else. Yeah, that I feel like I want to say. I kind of want to just talk about like you were just, you were just saying something about like the philosophical questions of the movie. There's a lot of philosophical questions of like the whole trilogy, and I think a good, a good movie that tries to explore these concepts needs to do two things simultaneously which is like engage people that want to think about these concepts but also provide like a surface level man and women fighting machines humanity survival sci-fi story like yeah. it it has it it doesn't have to be but like I would personally prefer it to be like equally accessible through that, just viewing it f through the lens of like a cool man versus machine sci-fi movie. And then if I want to dive deeper, there's all these um, messages and all the symbolism and all these philosophical questions that you can answer. Sure. But like, I just feel like we're getting hammered too much with the philosophical stuff, posing all these moral questions and like, what's the meaning of this what's the reality yeah. of choice um what is destiny all these big questions that it feels like those take a little bit out of the story for me well that's the thing is to do that stuff it needs to be a bonus not a focus yeah exactly the movie needs to work without it if you want to engage with the movie at a surface level it should still work and that stuff should be something extra if you liked the movie so much that you wanted to dive deeper into it. You should find cooler stuff like that in the subtext, below the surface, and in the analysis of the movie. But the movie needs to work as a movie, first and foremost, before you could possibly expect anyone to give a shit about that. Because if people want that, they've got freshman year college philosophy textbooks they can go debate with their friends about. You know, yeah. like you, you don't need a movie for that. There's, there's easier avenues for for that. Um, and this movie did not work without that philosophical subtext, or with it, in my opinion. You just, in the same way that, like, and when we do Alien, we'll get into that. 
I think Alien is a really good example of doing that well. Of yeah. if you just want to watch a, a sci-fi horror about an alien, you got it. And then if you really want to find out the themes that Ridley Scott was trying to convey, it'll blow your mind because they're there. Dude. But you had that, I just love this movie, it fucking rocked to get you there. We, we did this already with Jurassic Park. You know? Mm-hmm. You could pose all these philosophical questions, but also if you just want a cool dinosaur movie, here you go. Bada boom. Bada bing, and bada boom. Jurassic Park even had a stupid philosophical answer, being that kids are cooler than dinosaurs, and that is not true. And the movie still works. <laughs> Objectively false. <laughs> dinosaurs are way cooler than children. Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's something we mentioned a couple times, but... Man, just the Wachowski's insane ability to create these worlds. And I haven't seen Jupiter Ascending. Chris Pratt's in that, right? Nope. That's a callback to two episodes ago. Still still not Chris Pratt. <laughs> okay. It really pissed Vanessa oh. off when we couldn't figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just couldn't remember his actor's name. Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum, I did it again. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, just, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just telling my brain 20 times, don't say John Cena, don't say John Cena, don't say John Cena. <laughs> John Cena! Jupiter Ascending! The Hateful Eight! Oh, we're idiots. We are. What is your favorite line from this movie, Greg? My favorite line from Matrix Revolution is, Shit, she's got a fat ass. <laughs> I thought I misheard that line, but I didn't want to rewind it. Nope. I'm glad to know I actually heard that. I use closed caption, and it's definitely that. <laughs> Mine is also ass-related. Hit me with that ass. <laughs> Search every point, every hole, every crack we know. They actually said that shit in like a a battle planning scene. I couldn't believe it. Oh, man. I am 12. 12? I'm 12. You are 12 or that's your Critiker score? Oh, no. I'm 12. My Critiker score is... I'm eyeballing it here. Tell me your Critiker score so I can decide. Uh, I actually gave this one a higher rating than Revolu- than uh, Reloaded. I gave it a 26 out of 40. Okay. Six right. and a half. Give me, give me your justification for that. Uh, the action scenes engaged me more than Reloaded. Um, it didn't have the uh, Luigi's Mansion twins. Uh, it had less of the Frenchmen. It answered a lot of questions, and it had the cool Trinity seeing the sun moment. All right. I'm going to give it an 18 out of 20 because I didn't remember any of that before you reminded. Sorry, he 18 means out of 50. It. Yeah, I was about to say. I'm going to give it an 18 out of 50. Numbers are hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no recollection of any of those cool parts before you reminded me, and now that you did, I don't think they're that cool. So That's totally fine. I'm going to go 18 out of 50. Damn. Yep. He didn't Hated like it. it. He did didn't not like, like it. that movie. Not one bit, brother, brother. So, if you gave to Denton County Friends of the... Th- I almost said Friends of the Therapy. Uh, if you gave to D- Denton County Friends of the Family for my birthday fundraiser, 
I did part of my part of watching. My first task was to watch Ooh. the entire Raimi Spider-Man franchise <laughs> in one day, and I did that. Yep. Uh, this was my second task to do the entire Matrix franchise. The third will be creating a YouTube channel, analyzing movies through a mental health lens. I might just use the movies for win brand. Greg, can I do that? Do you yeah, want a YouTube channel? absolutely. 100%. Right. Uh, I did create a movies for win YouTube channel. I'm going to have to flesh it out a little bit more awesome. before I post links on it. But yeah, that'll be basically your platform to do exactly what you were saying. Cool. My... Uh... My other name that Vanessa and I talked about was the Rental Health Society, which I thought was pretty <laughs> cheeky. But mm-hmm. uh, I think I think this is better. I think we've already got a good thing going with movies for when. So yeah, that's cool. And my final task will be uh, watching Cats, and uh, that means I'm going to make Greg do that too. <laughs> Did we mention this last episode where like, as soon as you hit that goal, I text yep. you like we're watching Cats together? Yep. And I was like, good, because I can't watch it alone. And I can't always make Vanessa do this dumb shit with me. That's right. Sometimes she is, she's in grad school. She's got a job. And you can't rum tub tug her away from her important work. So I don't know. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I don't care about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, she also loves herself, so I can't make her like force herself to suffer like we do when we watch these things. <laughs> let's, so. let's fall on the sword for her. <laughs> is, is is that the last um um thing you have to do besides the youtube channel and cats yep. is there anything else you have nope youtube channel then cats and they're both going to be done by the end of the year i said july for the youtube channel but that uh it's still technically july <laughs> i had a really busy spring and summer when this when this episode posts we will have 48 hours left in july <laughs> Woo! Last 48 hours of July party at my house. Everyone's going to be there. It's going to be like a Zion <laughs> techno party. Yeah, with less sex and more me grilling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that whole party would have been cooler if they were just doing a cool-ass cookout. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a... <laughs> they got like Celebrate Good Times playing morpheus flipping burgers yeah. <laughs> neo backseat grilling over his shoulder yeah, like you know if we throw the buns on the grill they get nice and toasty <laughs> <laughs> do oh, those do those sh- look medium well to you or medium rare <laughs> <laughs> but instead it's just like that weird cornmeal stuff they were eating in the first one yeah <laughs> it's just like it's rare. just hot now <laughs> <laughs> Celebration <laughs> Revolutions <laughs> Come on, let's revelate and have a good time. Oh god, why are you guys fucking? Put your shirt on, lady <laughs> That bit was better than the whole Matrix Revolutions and talking about it experience for me. You made it all worth it, Greg. <sighs> I'm glad I could help. Alright, um, the thing I was actually most excited to talk about during this episode is our plan for the next two episodes. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited! Uh, I Denny wait. and I, Denny and I were texting each other, uh, late last night. You want me to just read it? Sure. <laughs> um, so, a little backstory. Denny is going to be going to Disney World early Woo! in August. Uh, it's he's Vanessa's going... graduation slash birthday trip. Congratulations to her and happy birthday. 
thing. She's yeah. the she's the best. We love her. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be going to Disney World, so we're going to have to knock out two recordings pretty close to each other. Um, so our next two episodes are going to naturally. One of them is going to be movies for when you're going to Disney World. Woo! And since I am. since he's leaving. Since they're leaving right before Friday the 13th, the other episode is Movies for When It's Friday the 13th. We will have a user poll to pick our third movie. We will have Friday the 13th Part 4, the original Friday the 13th, and you guys will pick the third movie on our Facebook and Twitter. We will post the same straw poll. Um, However, Movies for When You're Going to Disney World, let's see what we said here. I can't believe we're doing this shit. This is our worst idea since the monkey episode. Uh, I think you mean best idea. When we originally pitched this idea, I just want to say I was thinking like animated classics. I was like, ooh, I'm going to pick Peter Pan. I was going to pick Rescuers Down Under. Ooh, I've never seen that. You've never seen it? Wait, no, 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 no. I had Down Under as a kid. I've never seen The Rescuers. I've seen The Rescuers like once or twice. I watched Down Under a bunch of times I, I grew up not knowing that down under was a sequel i was like surprised as a teenager when i found out that there was just the rescuers totally normal they were like 13 14 years apart or something yeah. like that. <laughs> anyways uh we decided that the juxtaposition of jason movies with disney world movies was going to be a lot of fun yeah um so how we landed on our three movies for disney world um what's your pick I said, no, Star Wars. I have a lot of favorite movie Disney movies, and not all of them are rides. Don't worry about rides. It's all about the Disney vibes. And I asked Denny, is Country Bears a ride? And he said, yes, you sick fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned it earlier on in the show. Friend of the show, Will Reno, does say... You gotta go all in sometimes. So I decided we gotta go all in, baby. All three movies for movies when you want when you're going to Disney World are going to be based on rides. So we have Pirates of the Caribbean, we have the Haunted Mansion, Mm. and of course we have Country Bears. Dear God, why? Uh, Denny said I ruined his trip, and I. got a huge laugh out of that <laughs> not just this trip all trips i don't uh, think i'm gonna like disney world anymore that's right <laughs> oh man i cannot wait this is gonna be so much fun and uh i like that the premise necessitated that we watch at least one good movie on accident which will be pirates of the caribbean <laughs> <laughs> unlike our monkey movie <laughs> we did three stinkers you didn't like mvp anyways Hell yeah, man. I'm really excited uh, for these. Uh, we're going to be watching a lot of movies. Um, yeah. Keep an eye out on our Facebook page, Movies for When. Just do a search for that page and you'll find us. We'll be posting the poll. I'll also yep. post it on Twitter, at Movies for When. It's going to be a great time. Denny, what's your uh, Critiker and Letterboxd? Your Letterboxd, where you reviewed all those Spider-Man movies you were talking about? Yeah, uh, they're in my backlog. Uh, It is The Moose Man. T-H-E-M-O-O-S-E-M-A-N. No space. He's half moose, half moose man. So that's for both of them. That's for Letterboxd and Critiker. I am The Moose Man. 
just like the Beatles. Greg, what's yours? Um, yeah, my Twitter and my Criticer are both T3H Johnson. T3H Johnson. Uh, you can see all 952 and growing movies that I've rated on Criticer. Ooh. Pretty good. I wonder how many I've done. A uh, friend of the show, Brandon Harris, is putting together a spreadsheet of all our ratings on the show, by the way. That's fucking cool. Yeah. So we'll have, like, averages per person and that kind of stuff. Dude, on that note, before we sign off, mm -hmm. I just want to say that, like, stuff like that keeps happening. Like, people keep reaching out and being like, let me help you. And I'm like, like, people, like, out of the woodworks that I haven't even talked to in a while. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just I'm just very sincerely moved. Like, I, I've been kind of a curmudgeon today, but I, I really do want to end on a, yeah. a note of positivity and say that, man that is really cool and when you set out to do something like this you just don't expect any help and you don't expect anyone to care and people that just you know i've even kind of fallen out of touch with are, are just coming back into my life and i love that and they're coming back in my life to you know support support us doing this and that it just really means a lot it's really really cool yeah we love it we appreciate everybody reaching out um yeah any any feedback we love any help yep. and just like random little bits of you know advice or whatever it, it goes a long way it, yeah. it means a lot that people are listening and uh, yeah. we like making it dude i get emotional i'm gonna give her a shout out friend of the show abby howe she listens to like every episode and i get emotional every time she tells me about it and that's Yay, just really, really cool really cool that people are listening and it means a lot it means a lot that you would sit through this slog of us bitching about a movie that came out like 20 years ago <laughs> Dude, this episode wound up wounded wound up being a whole lot shorter than I thought. Um, I actually expected it to be kind of short because I just, like I said, I didn't care enough to have a lot of thoughts about a couple of them. You know, I just, yeah. I just didn't, didn't offend me too much and didn't excite me that much either. So Normal I kind of thought it would be a little shorter. Normally we care a lot, so <laughs> don't you dare! I won't. Don't even say its name. All right, Do not invoke her. Do we? <laughs> Do we Captain want Marvel. <laughs> Oh shut up. Do we do we want to pick a winner for this episode? Oh fuck. It's the original Matrix. Yeah. There's your winner. That's yeah. the that's the best movie for when you want to blah 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 blah. When you uh, when you have to watch the entire Matrix franchise for charity. Yeah. It's easily the Matrix. It goes without saying. In fact, it's the only movie. I don't know. I like the Animatrix. I'll throw that in there. I'm still going to give it to the first one. We have to pick one. No, I, I picked The Matrix. I said the only movie, then I took it back. Okay, this, yeah, yeah. This is the episode where I walk back my, my bold statements and hot takes. I, I throw them out there, and then I say, I didn't think about that. And then I say, never mind. Denny, go ahead and cast a net and catch a phrase. Ugh, I'm going get, to get loose. Loosey goosey. I'm, I'm getting every... I'm not getting every which way, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting loose. I thought you were going to say it. For Greg Work, the Leg Work Johnson, I'm Denny, the Talent Taylor, and this has been Movies for When? We already told you when. Ooh, Wachowski! No, mommy, don't do it again. Don't make me watch The Matrix again. I'll be a good boy. I don't want to see Revolutions. The Wachowskis are good, but they went a little too close to the sun, like Trinity. Why don't you just fuck off and die? Why don't you? <laughs>
Is this still disturbed? Never put your plug in my neck again, bitch! 